Now I will finally get to control the program because you cannot talk. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, I'm not over here Stanley Tucci stroking out. Oh God, Stanley Tucci. Every time I see him now, I just think about his gigantic penis. Yeah, large penis and stroking out at home. Stroking out his giant penis. Wow, Julia Child. He's cooking oy, with oy, butter. Oy, oy, oy. Lori, how are you? You know, I'm pretty good. Yeah? Yeah. I There's nothing I hate more than people telling other people to adjust their attitude. Oh, or, Jesus. You know, um, <laughs> it's a, happiness is a choice and you just need to get a better attitude. Like nothing... It's more fucking annoying than somebody telling you that shit, right? Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I was thinking about this today on the in the car ride home from the baseball. I was like, I, I feel like a completely different person than I did a few weeks ago. And oh, I God. feel that I administered on myself a, a radical attitude shift that if somebody had told me to do that, I would have been like, go fuck yourself. I yeah, will yeah, dig yeah. into this hole of despair for the rest of my life. But it kind of, I, I don't know, I tried something different and I'm like, Holy fuck, I feel like I've been microdosing. I feel like a different person. And I've not been microdosing. I am a sober person. I I I want to microdose. I mean, I'm curious about microdosing. I'm not going to mm-hmm. do it. But I mm-hmm. didn't have to. You know why? You know what I did different? You accept Jesus into your heart. <laughs> I did. No. <laughs> You're a born again Christian. I love this no. for you. No. Oh. I decided this is so cheesy and I I don't I'll get into specifics but maybe I won't okay say all right I took my fucking power back (gasps) I took my power back Lori yes what does it mean to take your power back (laughs) in the context of what I'm talking about it means I guess I have started to realize that I have a lot of choice in the world. I have a lot of options available to me. I'm in a really good position. Yeah. And uh, I do not have to settle for the first thing that comes along that is willing to, uh, you know, have me. Which is to say, Chris, I've been online dating <gasps> a lot. Oh, my God. <laughs> And I don't know if, again, I don't know if this is really. Yes, uh, it is. It's so good. <laughs> so you've been online dating. Now, who are you finding on Grinder? It's not Grinder. Okay, tell me and more. I, or maybe it is. I'm not going to say. Sure. I'm not going to say what the app is. Uh, who I'm finding are two very distinctive populations. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Men in their early 20s to mid 30s who wanna fuck great right great and all their pictures are of them and their fraternity brothers or them and their investment banking friends sure sure 
at a Yankee game or on a boat Fuck or you. in a bar. Like just, you know, you. there's a lot of that. Okay. The other dynamic is men in their 50s to 60s who uh, have aged out of dating women in their 20s and 30s (laughs) and are willing to consider a very specific type of older woman (laughs) who is still 20 years younger than them, but is maybe not the like prize, you know, heifer that they were really hoping to to get. And then there's a very small middle ground of men that are closer to my age who are real fucked up. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll just mm-hmm. give one example of a guy who, I mean, God bless him. I love the honesty. Leads with, I have herpes. <laughs> and this has come across my transom <laughs> twice. This guy in the past week, the app is like, what do you think? Yeah, for it? And I'm like, mm, yeah, I'm good. But I know, I mean, listen, a lot of people have herpes. It's oh, nothing so to many be people. ashamed of. So no, 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 no. We don't, no, no. We don't and want I, anybody to feel ashamed about that. We don't I, want any STI shame. Right. It, it is part no. of the human existence. It's not right. that big of a deal. Right. Leading with it, though. Leads with it. Leads is with really it. interesting. Yeah. And I think... There are definitely there's definitely a woman out there who's like, oh, thank God, me too, and we can get together, and I don't have to. We don't have to have that uncomfortable conversation. Right. Um, You've got herpes. I've got herpes. Yeah. The guy Let's also. I don't want to get him together. I'm not going to violate his privacy. I'll just say no. he also uh, has a a toddler <laughs> and no ex spouse, so he is the full time dad of a toddler. Okay. With herpes. Wait, so, wait, wait. Back it up. The toddler has herpes? I mean, maybe. Or the probably. adult. Or the adult. No, the adult. Okay. I mean, okay, I don't fine, know. Fine, I can't fine, fine. Just that. Toddler, listen, but... that sentence construction, I was thrown off. So I, I didn't you're, know. You're, I didn't yeah, know. I just right. wanted to clarify. Yeah, no. Okay, so he, I have herpes and a child. Yeah. And that's, there's no, like, there's no, like, one. shipping the kid off to the mom because uh, it's just me. Right. So, you know, ladies, uh, ladies with herpes, get out there. Find this guy. There's, um, there are so many, though. That's the thing. There are so, so many, many. Pe- people with herpes. So many people pe- with herpes. So yeah. many people with herpes. So this is great. So, yes. So big up to that leading, guy. Yeah. We, leading with we, it is a, it's a choice. Leading. It's, a, it's a, the headline. The mm-hmm. headline approach to herpes <laughs> is powerful. Mm-hmm. Uh, a friend of mine said, God, imagine what he's hiding if that's what he leads with. <laughs> and I said, you know what? I bet he's not hiding anything. I don't the think true, he's hiding. Yeah. The true psychopaths are the ones that are like, I like reading the New York Times in bed on a Sunday and giving a woman multiple orgasms and squeezing fresh orange juice. I'm like, you're a fucking serial killer. Like, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. What? Um, can I? Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go. Yeah. How is how is that taking back your power? Tell me more <laughs> about how how herpes is taking back your power. Well, so I have not, and and I will not be interfacing with that guy. Uh, no, which is, no, no. You know, in, oh, in, it's, no. in itself, a, a you know, a power move of saying, <laughs> you no, 
no, thank you. Uh, I guess the way that I'm taking back my power is being like, and this is like, I don't know if I want to use this. It's so personal, but basically just being like, I don't have to just put up with somebody's shit because yeah. there's somebody yeah. else and then there's like somebody else and somebody else and somebody else and somebody else. Um, it's not that interesting to me anymore to be like, well, I think I like you and uh, I don't know, maybe you like me too, but I don't know. I'll just sit back and wait for you to decide if you like me or not. And if yeah. you don't, that'll hurt my feelings. Now yeah. I'm just like, I, I don't care either way. You like me, you don't, it's not personal. And like, we can go out once and never see each other again. That's fine. Um, I like that. Yeah, it's, I, I like guess it's that. playing the field. I don't know, anyway. Exactly. I think, no, 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 come on. This, this is, is not, a big uh, deal. This is a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. It's a big deal. Why shouldn't we celebrate that? I don't know. Because suddenly I feel very exposed. Uh, <laughs> well, well, let's, let's take back our power for how we actually feel. Yes. yes. I think you can say how you feel and never apologize for it. Right. And and being able to say you're overweighting to be liked or hoping to be liked. Yes. Yes. That you're not waiting around for affirmation. Right. Or for a final decision. Yeah. About whether you're going to be good enough for this person or, or what they're looking for. And you're not willing to wait around and be treated like something that can be disposed of. Correct. Once they finally decide how they feel, it's how you feel. Right. And they can come along for that ride or they can fuck off. And either way is really, really okay. That's a big deal. Thanks. Uh, yeah, it's, it feels great. It just, it's like, how have I lived my entire life up until this point? Not operating in that way. Now, is it, you know, do I want to keep playing the field for the rest of my life? Probably not. But like, I'm just looking at this summer, you know? Uh, should we talk about Joyce Chen? Wait, should we t say, this is Carbface. It's a, it's a podcast, Carbface for Radio. My name is Lori Wooliver. And you are Chris, Chris Thornton. Thornton. Not related to Kevin James Thornton, although I, I will hold on to that fantasy for the rest of my life. Maybe, I, do you think I can auto-tune this? So do you want to explain who Kevin James Thornton is? So, friend of the pod, Casey sends me lots of great stuff in my Instagram DMs. And the oh, other night... Oh, she's at, at Scene Change Go? Yes. Okay, yes. got Scene it. Change yes, Go. yes, yes, she's wonderful. She's Love got Casey, Broke Bitch Sauce, which is, is her brand. so delicious. Okay. I, I urge you to to try Broke Bitch Sauce. I swear um, to God, next pay period I am. I am. It's so good. Okay. Uh, but the other night she sent me a DM of this guy, Kevin James Thornton, who is has a... Uh, small inch Instagram presence, but a very large TikTok presence. Yeah. Um, and, and he is starting to migrate mm -hmm. his stuff over to Instagram, which is great because I don't want to. I just, I can't spend. You don't want to live on TikTok. Time on the internet. It, yeah, it's just. But I. Yeah, it's I fun. It's, it's parts great. of it are it's, fun. I know. Parts but of it are very fun. When I tell you that it's it's the opposite direction that I want to go with my life. Like I have that's, to start spending less time looking at my phone. That's fine. Really take yeah. back your power. Side take note: my wife my keeps sending me. Kevin James Thornton videos because she okay. loves them. He's very yeah. funny. He's so funny. So he is this gentleman who's probably about our age, which is yeah. to say in his mid to late 40s. Yeah. Uh, and he is a trained actor. He grew up just like you, Chris. He grew up in Indiana. 
um, he grew up in a uh, in an evangelical uh, Christian church. He grew up in Indiana. Yeah, that's why really? I'm like, how are you guys not? Re-? I mean, I get it; it's a big state, and like, I know Woolivers that I'm not related to. All right, well, it's it's a state. <laughs> Okay, keep going. Anyway, so he grew up in Indiana uh, in a very steeped in a fundamental, super fundamentalist Christian church, which is the way that he always puts it in these videos. Um, And he I think he knew from probably a pretty early age that he was gay. Um, And obviously this was not in keeping with the culture that he was completely steeped in and probably cost him a lot of uh, heartbreak and and grief and, and whatever. Anyway, he. He left uh, as soon as he could, went to school, uh, studied acting. And uh, I'm not exactly sure what he has done. I I know that he has a a very successful stage show that he was touring with for years. He's Uh just a goddamn delight. I think he lives in Nashville now. So he makes these TikToks where he tells a brief story, a personal story, anywhere from his childhood through, you know, last week. And he sings them in this very distinctive way. And then he auto-tunes the singing so it has... Uh, a specific sound that's very that adds to the comedy and the stories are just you know he goes to the grocery store he whatever the stuff from his childhood is really really great because it's really funny and it's off he is often he often often makes himself kind of the butt of the joke or the punchline of the joke but in a very endearing way i am i am explaining the shit out of this you just oh have you're to doing go, great you're doing okay. great you just have to go watch and listen to him he is so funny uh he also loves doritos I think, you know, Fine. Frito-Lay ought to get on a, a sponsorship uh, kick with him. But anyway, what do you do? You, do you have anything to add about Kevin James Thornton, who everyone should follow? Um, he's what do I want to say about him? I, I let's just try to. I'm going to try to do my best Kevin James Thornton and <laughs> we'll, we'll auto tune this. OK. One time when I was a child. I went down the stairs on a hippity hop And I did it because my older brother told me to do it He said it'll be fun And it wasn't (laughs) Because I went down one stair And then the second And then I tumbled down the fourth through twelfth all at once. And I cried so hard. And my parents came running. And they said, what's wrong? And I said, I fell down the stairs because my brother beat me. And they yelled at me for being so stupid. (laughs) Okay, that's it. We'll see if we can auto-tune that. Wow. That is a horrifying story. That is absolutely a true story. Oh, my God. I want a storytelling competition telling that story. How old were you? I was... 25. Four. (laughs) (laughs) I was four. Oh, it's the perfect age to do shit like that. You're so suggestible and you just want to get along. My... My... um, My... My brothers, um, sorry, I started singing again. Uh, <laughs> my 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 brothers uh, have admitted to wanting to destroy me when <laughs> I was little, and I, I don't think that was an exaggeration. Yeah. Uh, they one one brother 
with a hippity hop, same brother. Uh, around the same time period, I was, I was four. He he said, um, "Hey, Chris, step on this tack," <laughs> and there was just a tack on the floor because he had the Snoopy um, cork board. It had Snoopy on it. He got it for Christmas one year. I was jealous, uh, and I said no. And he said, no, it feels really good because we had those footy pajamas on. Mm. Uh, if you remember the plastic feet mm-hmm. on the bottom. Of, yes. Always white. cracked. Oh, yes. Absolutely. First time through the dryer. Brittle, 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 brittle. Yeah. Um, so flammable. I, I said, no. And then he said, no, do it. It feels good. And then, um, and then he did it himself. Uh. He said, watch. But what I didn't know was that he was doing it between his toes, that, oh. that the tack was going between his toes. And so I did it directly on my heel. Oh, God. Pretty hard. <laughs> <laughs> it hurts. Um, we then had, um, we lived on, we, 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 we had animals in a pasture and stuff. We had three acres yeah. and horses and um, sheep, pigs, cows. Rabbits, chickens. Okay, yeah, not all at the farm. same time. I mean, Lambs. Yeah. Why are you trying to avoid saying the word farm? A, uh, fine. It was it was a farm, and but not and and um, we had run water out to the barn so that we could water the animals and not have to uh, mm-hmm. have a hose or carry buckets. Mm-hmm. And so we're out there uh, with the water, and there was a hose attached to it. And my brother said, "Turn, uh, Chris, put the hose in your mouth." Oh no! And then we'll turn on the water. <laughs> and I, I said no. And he said no, do it. And I said no. And he goes no, it, it tickles, like it tickles. Oh god! So, but you have to like hold it, put the hose in your mouth, and then put your hands around it so that you hold it really tight in your mouth. Like don't let any water out. And I said okay. So I, I put the hose in my mouth. And you know that metal, that metal taste? Oh, Ugh, yeah. So oh, bad. Yeah. And, uh, and then uh, it was a pull-up handle for, on, the, on the water. And so they pulled up the water tap. And it just went bursting into the bottom of my stomach. And it came flying out my nose in two streams and i couldn't (laughs) like i couldn't get the i couldn't get the hose out of my mouth like my body was just like ah what do i do uh and so that um that hurt oh god how much younger are you than your brothers about four and four to six years okay yeah tracks god yeah (laughs) anyway anyway that very loving family sure uh but kevin james thornton Mm-hmm. is fantastic and i you keep posting all of his stuff on instagram which yeah. just it just makes me laugh how much you love him i do i just there's something so yeah his facial expressions and just yeah. the like and i think i can also i mean i was not a a, a young boy in indiana and in super evangelical christian church uh-huh. but there is something about the persona that he uh presents himself to have been as a young child that really resonates with me like yeah, yeah. the way that he asked the questions like the thing where 
his family was watching TV and there were male strippers and he got really excited and was like, are they going to take off their pants? (laughs) And then told his grandma about it. And she was like, I don't like that sort of thing. And he was like, I do. I I love it, grandma. (laughs) Like that. I will just, that is just in my head. uh, Probably forever. The the one that's in my head is uh, he was, I think he was in LA or something at a, at a party and everybody was very, you know, very extra and very just uh, uh, audacious. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Like just really out there and telling these yeah. big, bold stories and kind of topping the other person who told a story. These just outrageous stories. And so he, he talks about uh, that he had just... Um, I think been diagnosed with crabs. <laughs> He's thinking it's this great story. Here's how I got crabs, you know, and he, it's, yeah. we've already talked about this. It's like, come on, we can STI. Like, it'll be fine. Like go get a something or other and the crabs will go away. I don't know. What do you get? And it, crabs? And what it, what and do it shut you the room from? down. As, yeah. Oh, people line? were silent. <laughs> silent. <laughs> that he had just gone too far just too far how do you treat crabs i want to look that up i don't know i how couldn't say i mean they are pubic lice right they so are. maybe mm-hmm. it's the same way in which you treat head lice which is to say like mm-hmm. judicious comb outs and then also like an egg yeah. killing uh well, that's a, yeah it's a it's a uh i don't know how to say that word but it says like a, a moose a moose hmm. you don't know how to say the word moose yeah. No, no. Uh, that Spell was. Spell it. Spell well, M O U S S E. Moose. No, uh, it's permethrin. P E R M E T H R I N. Well, now we know. And yeah. you can just do that over the counter. There you can was. You just do that over the counter. Good for you. There was a year where my son had lice so many times. He had head long lice. head lice. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, he had long hair that he didn't want to cut. And I was like, it's so cute. I don't want him to cut it. But oh yeah. my God, he had lice. Uh, just, it just kept, you know, going around his elementary school classroom and the, and the bus and the soccer after school, whatever. And, um, you know, after a while it just was like, well, all right, you know, let's pull up a chair. Let's do this again. And, you know, it sort of becomes like contemplative and yeah. you, know, you, you feel like very accomplished when you like pull all the, Eggs out. But I mean, it was, you know, it sucked a lot. Um, But at the end of the school year, I finally was like, I cannot do this anymore. And I got somehow I got CVS to sell me something that is like definitely illegal in California. That is like (laughs) an extremely aggressive pesticide, like agricultural Mm. pesticide that also has an application. Forget the name, but it's real Rachel Carson. Yeah. Yeah. I said the name of it to a friend from California who was like, what? (laughs) And I was like, I know. Can I tell you? And like, you couldn't like, like you'd be very very careful not to have any like sparks around. Like (laughs) it was so insane. The smell of this, like it was so volatile and I applied it to my child's head. And he has not had license. Great. And, well, you know, it fucking worked. I mean. That's all that matters. It's all that matters. It's really all that matters. And then he got a haircut. So. Well. Mm. Uh, we never had lice. But my dad, um, the superintendent of our schools, would have to do a lot of um, help with uh, lice checks. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I've had my 
hair inspected so many times throughout mm-hmm. my life. Just, mm-hmm. you know, sitting at the kitchen table, put your head down. Okay. Now lift it back up and just rifling through my yeah. very thin hair. It didn't take him, didn't take him long. Hmm. Didn't take him long. My mom Baby was a fine school hair. nurse. Mm. Oh, of course. Yeah. So a lot of, of course, lice. you know, a lot of lice, a lot yeah. of lice in our past. Who yeah. knew? Um, there's no smooth transition, uh, so <laughs> let's put a music cue in here. Okay. Lori, we watched another cooking show. We did. After after much delay and some some Grease false starts two. on my part. After Grease 2. Which after I Grease 2. We all really enjoyed that. We all enjoyed it, and none of us watched the ending. <laughs> and that's what matters. That's yeah. what matters. But we watched another cooking show and I made you do this. So mm-hmm. thank you. But mm-hmm. I thought it would be really interesting to go from Julia Child to mm-hmm. someone who actually filmed on the Julia Child set. Mm-hmm. Joyce mm-hmm. Chen. Yeah. Joyce Chen. And we brought up Joyce Chen before, didn't we? Because Julia brought up Joyce Chen. She said, mm-hmm. oh, I've got this Joyce Chen cook, this Joyce Chen chopping board. Am I saying this right? Joyce Chen chopping board. Cutting board. Cutting Cutting board. board. Fine. All right. Joyce Chen cutting board. And it's plastic and they make it in China. Um, And we thought like, have you never gotten a plastic cutting board before? And now we know why she was so excited about it. Uh, Because she was obligated by her corporate overlords to be so. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Because her, um, her producer of her TV show, who also helped with her cookbook, Mm-hmm. Uh, was the producer of the Joyce Chen cooking show mm-hmm. as well, mm-hmm. so, which then makes total sense that mm-hmm. uh, WGBH in Boston yeah. um, was was putting Joyce on on the air, and I thought yeah. it would I thought it would be fun to do as a, a as a connection mm-hmm. uh, with with the Julia Child legacy and the pretty powerful Joyce Chen legacy. So let's talk a little bit about Joyce Chen. Did you do any research into Joyce? Uh, I did not. (laughs) So uh, our sources for this are Wikipedia. Great. Uh, The JoyceChenFoods.com legacy page. So absolutely Mm. get in there. And you are going to see the Joyce Chen Forever uh, stamp from 2014 here Mm. in the U.S. She she got her own stamp. Is she deceased? She is. Oh, oh God, yeah. Uh, But I think it's pretty wonderful. Um she was one of five chefs commemorated on postage stamps with Joyce Chen, Julia Child, James Beard, Edna Lewis, and uh, do you know Felipe Rojas Lombari? I do I not. I don't either. So no. that'll be a neat one, neat person for us to go check out. Joyce Chen was born in Beijing, China, uh, in 1917, and she was born to a pretty wealthy family. I think her her father was uh, part of a railroad an executive with a railroad and then they they had like a family cook who then went to work for Joyce Chen's uncle who became the Chinese ambassador to Russia like it was like they're like this wow. is a very well connected family so from mm-hmm. then on out her her mother and grandmother did the cooking in the house and she learned from them mm. and then like she so she grows up and she gets married. She's got two kids. And then the communists start taking over the country. She was on the second to last boat to leave Shanghai. 
before the port closed. So they were getting the fuck out of there. Yeah. uh, Before, can you imagine like as communism is coming forward, I got to believe that it's not going to be a good time for people in power. Right. The rich rich and successful probably, it's not going to shake out. It's uh, not going to be the easiest time to put it mildly. I don't know. I don't know enough about communism in China and how it all rolled out. I just got to believe it. If you're in power and we're Mm -hmm. headed toward communism, it's not going to be the smoothest of transitions for you. Maybe look for some Airbnbs in other countries. That's right. That's right. Or get the fuck out on the boat out of Shanghai. Second to last boat. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. So they ended up in Cambridge, Massachusetts, which then becomes pretty important. Um, Her husband ended up being uh, an importer of fine art. Hmm. amazing Mm -hmm. and she is at home with the two kids now back in china she was an insurance broker which i guess was a big deal Mm -hmm. uh for women at that time to Mm -hmm. have that kind of job so we love this for joyce we love that she's a groundbreaker i don't know like it didn't go into how she felt about being a stay-at-home parent yeah but i think you're gonna see from her career that she was ready yeah for additional challenges mm-hmm. and what what ended up changing her career was a bake sale okay say more so it's 1957 mm-hmm. she has a third son or she has a third child um her son steven and i don't know exactly who the who the bake sale was for but it was for one of her kids I believe. And she makes cookies and then Chinese egg rolls Mm -hmm. for the bake sale. Mm -hmm. And apparently people flip the fuck out. About the egg rolls. About the egg rolls. I don't know about the cookies. The cookies are never mentioned. Sure. We never see them. I never saw them on any of the menus. Cookies always get the short shrift. They do. They do. But people were really excited about her egg rolls, which really had not been experienced by by most people. And think about like how, like Cambridge has got to be fancy. Mm -hmm. I've been there once, but just to like walk around, you know, Mm -hmm. I think Mm -hmm. I had brunch in Cambridge. Fine. I know. Listen, I love a brunch. I know how people feel about brunch. We've talked about brunch on this podcast before. Yeah. I love it. I love it. It can be done well. Mm-hmm. Was this one? It wasn't. Yeah. Um, and maybe that says more about that restaurant than Cambridge. But I think that's going to be a fancy place where people are going to be excited about, oh, this is a food we've never had before. Mm-hmm. What is this? Tell me more about it. Ooh, this is new. It's the world right here in my neighborhood. Like, I want more of this. Yeah. And so then she just, it keeps growing and growing and growing and people want her food. And so she opens up a restaurant in Uh 1958. So within a year of creating these egg rolls, she's got her own restaurant that she opened up in Cambridge. And it was called the Joyce Chen Restaurant. It was at 617 Concord Avenue. It was kind of in a nice spot from what I from what I could tell. Mm-hmm. And so then you've got uh, Chinese buffet definitely happening. And the way she ended up positioning it, and I'm just speaking at in the broadest strokes. There's there's a lot on on all that she has done uh, and all that she did. 
she, I, how do we how do we talk about how racist Chinese Chinese food was treated in the U.S.? Okay, I mean, I'm assuming just because it's the U.S. and it, you know, yeah, uh, but. Uh, say more because I, I don't really know. I mean, I can assume. So I went to um, an Asian American uh, museum in, here in, in New York City and where they mm-hmm. have a whole um, wonderful section about Chinese food in America and how um, poorly it was treated and mm-hmm. how othering um, yeah. people were toward it with a lot of... Um, derogatory claims made against it um, that, you know, views of, oh, it's so unhealthy. And it's like, this is the American palate, Mm -hmm. dude. Like we're Mm -hmm. just serving food that is going to sell Mm -hmm. here because we're trying to feed our families and stay alive. Right. So go fuck yourself. Um, And and what, what Joyce ended up doing in Cambridge was coming in and it was, it was, essentially promoting a a healthier i don't like the word elevated but at a certain price tier uh, mm-hmm. of what was perceived as more authentic chinese food than the um american chinese food that had been mm-hmm. uh, created for the american palate does that make sense it does yeah yeah i mean there was a certain there was there was a Cantonese cuisine, right? That was, I mean, Tony Bourdain talked about this a little bit. Like this was, this was like the, the one kind of, at least on the East coast. And I'm, I have to guess it's was probably true across the U S there was really one major variety of Chinese American food that you could get. And it was heavily influenced by Cantonese cuisine, by Hong Kong cuisine. Um, and, and, uh, and then it, you know, because of certain, like, well, Joyce says, like, you know, we use rice in China, we would use rice wine. You can't get that here. So I recommend cooking sherry. Now, like, of course, now you can get rice wine. You can get anything yeah. you want. But in the yeah. 1950s and 60s, th- not these things were not uh, imported in any uh, significant way. Um, so that, you know, the, the substitutions start to come in. She says, you know, use ketchup. Uh, again, that's yeah. not, it's not in any way traditional, but it really uh, serves a purpose of color and flavor and sweetness. And so this is what you're going to use. So, yeah, people's, people's concept of what quote unquote Chinese food is, was really, like you said, it was like, this is actually American, <clears throat> Americanized from the get-go because of the, uh, you know, the, the difference in ingredients and because we know what people like, you know? Yeah. And it's a yeah. massive fucking country. And, you know, most of the people that came here are, are from maybe, one, you know, one or two specific places. It's a huge country with a massively varied cuisine. And if you think that all Chinese food is egg rolls and whatever, like, you're wrong. Right. Or even, and I, I think it goes into more of the chop suey mm-hmm. approach, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and what was being sold, that it's... I think even egg rolls were like a were a revolution for for mm-hmm. in in some people's minds of I've never had this I don't know what it is this is really exciting. The other thing is that she was in an area around around Cambridge, Harvard and MIT that um there were Chinese students there and so mm-hmm. her food was very much in demand and mm-hmm. it, and it mm-hmm. ended up creating this within the community um it, it was she was essentially providing something that you you couldn't get anywhere else, mm-hmm. not in in the way that she was serving it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1962, she put out a book called The Joyce Chen Cookbook, which was mm-hmm. all about her recipes. And I think you can immediately start to see the connection between what Julia Child had done and, and what Joyce Chen had done of let's take, let's focus in on a, a particular region or region's cuisine and, and let's document it for the American audience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, this whole thing dovetails very nicely with a book that came to my desk yesterday uh, that is coming out in the fall. It's called Damn Good Chinese Food. Oh. And it's by Chris Chung, who is a uh, who grew up in uh, Manhattan, Chinatown, and is a chef and restaurateur. Uh, he has a, a shop in Brooklyn now called East Wind Snack Shop. That's dumplings and uh, the kind of uh, snacks and takeaway stuff that he grew up eating and that he really loves. And he's gotten very, very good at it. He is very, very good at it, I should say. Mm. Um, and you know. I, People send me books sometimes, not all the time, but like lately, if more so, you know, can you look at my book? And if you think it's good, can you write a blurb? And yeah. uh, um, mostly I do. And, I, you know, I didn't have any expectations. And I opened up this book, the PDF last night to read it. And I, I just fucking loved it so much because oh. Chris Chung knows what the fuck he's talking about, A. <laughs> Um, like this is, this is food that he grew up eating, you know, that, that was cooked in his home that he got as takeout. He just, this is his entire life is this food. Right. And, and, you know, that's just a baseline, but he's like really honest about what it is and what it isn't in a way that I I found very, very refreshing. He has a very uh, direct way of speaking. And I, I don't know if he had a writer, if he had a ghost writer, it's, it's, I, I don't know that he did. It's, it's, it's so true to his voice, you know, there's so no bullshit. And he's like, listen, like, this is what it's like to go to the Chinese grocery store. Uh, when you go to the butcher counter, like this is, you know, the, there is no, uh, heritage Duroc pork. There is no grass fed, uh, you know, grain finished beef. There is no organic meat. Like it's, this is what, this is working class food. This is, this is, meat that is mass produced, people who are shopping in these stores by and large cannot afford or do not want to spend the money on your, you know, extremely boutique meat. Right. And, and I think, I mean, I think that is like not, it's not a revolutionary statement, but for a chef to, to own that and just be like, listen, you know, like, yeah, of course, like everybody's, he doesn't even say everybody, you know, loves this kind of meat. He's just like, this is what this food is, you know, and like, this is, this is how it's made. And this is how mm. it's made in restaurants. This is how it's made in homes. This is how I make it. Um, I'm sorry. Like, I'm not going to use organic meat. And then later he's like, he's like, I think that the, you know, the Chinese grocery stores have uh, better produce. Uh, I, I prefer to shop for produce in Chinese grocery stores yeah. versus the green market. He's yeah. like, listen, the green market's great, whatever. You know, last time I was there, I spent 20 bucks on a head of garlic and two radishes. Like, do you know mm-hmm. how much produce, how many bundles of greens you can get for $20 in a Chinese grocery store? Like, mm-hmm. go fuck yourself. Like, mm-hmm. and he's, you know, he's respectful. He's not like, he's not being obnoxious. He's not saying that, you know, whatever. He's not picking a fight. He's just like, right. this is how it is. And I, I just think there are so few chefs that just truly say, like, this is how it is, you know? And like, this is the reality. And like, if you look at our order sheets, you know, we're buying like, 
commodity meat. You know, we're not buying that top shit. And we might like put some beautiful language on a menu, but like, I'm sorry, it's, you know, it's, it's the fourth, you know, fourth highest yeah. quality meat because that is the reality of running a business. And then that is the reality for most people of maintaining a household, you know, is, is not fanciness. Um, all that, uh, all that is to say, this is a, it's a great fucking book, damn good Chinese food. And I'm okay. really excited for it to come out. And also, uh, and I think, I guess the dovetail part is that he, um, there is 50 recipes in it. And, and it's, I think they, sort of echo some of the stuff that Joyce Chen, some of the recipes that she shares with her audience in that mm-hmm. they're, they are sort of old school Chinatown, you know, that's not regional, uh, you know, different, you know, Northern Chinese with cumin and lamb. It's not, it's, it's like Cantonese, Hong Kong style, you know, Chinatown dim sum. And, and it's, Got it. uh, anyway, is that too much? Did I say too no, much? No, I love it. All right. How did you say too much? No, nah, that sounds like a great book. So you're writing a blurb for it? I wrote a blurb. Yep. Good. A sincere blurb. And, a sincere uh, blurb. Yeah, I, I I do not want to write blurbs for books that I haven't oh, read God, or no. don't like. Oh, please you know? No, no. So. No, no, no. A um, couple of cool things that, well, and she did a lot. She's mm-hmm. She created a business that is still very much going. You can still buy Joyce Chen products. In the grocery stores, I was at Wegmans. Shout out to my favorite place to shop. It is the best. Um, so many Joyce Chen products. Uh, all food, food or equipment or both. Food, food there, and then I've already told you that uh, all of our wooden um, cooking utensils are Joyce Chen. Got mm-hmm. them in Atlanta. Your DeKalb Farmers Market. They have like everything from Joyce Chen there. Mm-hmm. It's really, really wonderful. Very affordable. Really great to use. Uh, on the Joyce Chen Foods website, it does talk about those cutting boards. So she did introduce polyethylene cutting boards made by Sumitomo Bakelite to the U.S., which wow. she discovered when she was at a sushi restaurant in Japan. So she's very much changing the way we cook in ways that like we don't even know. Mm. Uh, she also created a flat bottom wok for mm. the U.S. market, which... Mm-hmm fantastic good for you Mm -hmm. wonderful and then a lot of bottled uh sauces as well Mm. uh, that that she did first sold in 1984 lights up on uh wind chimes wind chimes oh my god those goddamn wind chimes yeah they really don't stop they don't stop then and we'll we'll play them here so people can hear them it's just it's too much too much wind chimes I don't know if we're seeing that through the lens of 2021 or if it felt like too much even back then. I don't know. They just, it just was like, all right. They get intense. Like, they don't stop. Like, yeah. I, who doesn't love a wind chime? Well, lots of people. But, Most people. But they're fine. Like, they're totally fine. Yeah. But then it just goes on forever. Yeah. And then you see the wind. First, you just hear the wind chimes, and then you see the wind chimes because somebody's holding them on a stick mm-hmm. in front of the camera. It's so PBS. And then, you know, pulls them away to reveal Joyce Chen standing mm-hmm. uh, at the same counter where Julia Child stood. And we've got a swap out on the set of some things that have more. Um, influence from china than the french influence that that julia would have had and mostly it's we've got some geometric shapes uh in wood mm-hmm. inlays mm-hmm. in the in the back mm-hmm. that's that's 
they they haven't done too much to yeah. to zhuzh it up, which was great. I, I didn't yeah. want too much, and they they didn't do too much, so I like mm-hmm. that. And and then she gives us a language lesson. Yes. What does she say? Ni hao. Ni hao. Ni hao. And she explains what that means. Um, and it goes on for a while. The language lesson. Yeah. Yeah. In general, I mean, she's, she's taking her time. She is, she's got 30 minutes to make this dish. Yeah. And she's, you know, this was her first episode, I think. It is. Yeah. 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 So I think it's like, she really was probably directed to like, really take your time because people are going to be afraid of you. Right. Yeah. They don't know this. Not maybe not afraid of you, but afraid of, you know, failure because this is a cuisine that they've likely never cooked, likely never cooked before and probably never eaten before. Right. Or if they have, how do you make this? I wouldn't even know how Mm because people, a lot of people in the U.S., who don't have a Chinese grandmother teaching them how to do it are, are saying, I wouldn't even mm-hmm. know how to make this. So mm-hmm. she does yeah. emphasize throughout, you can do this. I want you to cook yes. even more. You can absolutely make this at home. I, she just keeps throughout saying, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you can do this. This is going to be okay. Let me show you how to do it. Yeah. All right. Uh, so she uh, she's making egg foo young and she starts with the sauce and I love that she is making it in the clear pot, the, oh, the, the clear, clear glass, glass pot. pot, which I was surprised to see that this was a thing in the the uh, 1960s. But maybe this is like, you know, young people just discovering things and, and explaining them to us. And we're like, yeah, no shit, asshole. Like we had that when I was a kid and it's just come back around. So maybe the clear the clear cookware obviously was a thing before the 80s. What was that called? Visions? Corningware Visions? I think that so. Was the, I think oh, so. So it felt so revolutionary that you could see your food cooking. I do the like them. Glass pot. I think I want them to come back. Yeah, it's pretty great. Um, so she has the the clear pot. She says, you know, I'm going to make this sauce. Um, good cooks use chicken broth. You can use water, but it's not going to taste good. It's not going to taste good. Gonna, yeah. Don't, I mean, like she's like, can. she leaves the door open, but she's like, listen, come on. Chicken broth at the bare minimum. <laughs> uh, she seasons it with MSG yes. and salt. She yes. makes no apology for no. it. She seasons it with soy sauce uh, and ketchup. And she says, this is not Chinese, but Chinese dishes use it for flavor. Chinese dishes, I guess in this country, right. use right. it for flavor and color and don't, you know, and don't add me to using ketchup. Yeah. Um, and then she thickens it with, you know, flour or you can use cornstarch, but she explains that cornstarch gets watery if it sits for too long. A little bit of a science lesson. Uh, but she, you know, again, she's like either or is fine, but FYI flour is going to hold the, hold the structure a little bit longer. She makes that all into a paste and she puts it back into the broth and then we're onto the stove. She says, you got to stir it a lot or the flour and, and, uh, cornstarch would, would go to the bottom. She doesn't say it would burn. I assume it would burn mm-hmm. and that would be a good thing. Uh, and mm-hmm. then she does a swap out. Yes. You know mm-hmm. I love a swap out. You know how I feel about that. She's thought mm-hmm. ahead. She's moving us forward. She doesn't have time in the, to wait. And she shows us the thickness uh, that it should be. She's like, I want you to see how thick it should be. And then she compares it to the gravy, gravy that you would serve with roast turkey or roast beef. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank yep. you for giving Good. me a reference. And now I understand. Yep. I understand. Yes. She's super yes. smart in everything that she's saying. Let's talk about pace. 
It's leisurely. It's... Not leisurely, but it's slow. It's slow. I think she's very focused in on saying everything mm-hmm. to, again, to make sure that the pronunciation is exactly what it needs to be, that there's care in mm-hmm. the way that she's talking about. Mm-hmm. I, I would... I've... <laughs> if you got impatient well yeah yes i did but then i also thought well how would i sound on chinese television mm-hmm. trying to speak mm-hmm. in mandarin uh mm-hmm. to explain how to cook american food like it would be a disaster so sure she's doing a killer job mm-hmm. we're comfortable yeah we've kind of i i would Assume in future episodes, it's going to pick up just a tiny bit. One would hope. As For as frantic as Julia Child always was, oh, yeah. Joyce Chen is like chilling. Oh, she's so chill. She's so chill. She's so um, chill. Yeah, there's no breathy, out of breath, frantic, trying to run against the clock. In fact, I think she's trying to fill by the end of... Yeah. And in the future, I'll teach you how to cook rice. It's like, cool, cool choice. But what about now? What about mm-hmm. right now? Um, have you ever had egg foo young? I don't think so. I don't think I have. No. Like, I don't, I don't know if it's even still a common thing on menus. You know, I don't get that much takeout, so I, I can't say. Um, it looked great. And it like, did. I've had similar things in Japan, in Okinawa, like that's sort of like a fried nest held together with an eggy batter but it was more kind of um seafood oriented uh but i love it i love the um you know i I would like to make it i kind of want it i want to eat this uh so then she's into making the egg and she explains that egg foo young means what fluffy and tender yeah tender and fluffy and fluffy tender and fluffy fine yeah I want yeah. that. I want eggs Those that are, are tender and fluffy. Those are the names of my uh, <laughs> Gila monsters in middle school. Do you know that my pony was named Fluffy? Yeah. Sorry, I didn't Gross. name her. I didn't name her. She went All around right. the Thornton family. Mm-hmm. This was the one that was, she sort of was a, I forget the story. You've, hmm. There's some drama about her, right? Hmm. Okay. Or she didn't like to be ridden. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. I don't know anymore. I don't know anymore. Anyway, uh, tender and fluffy are the eggs. She's really big on explaining eggs in the tradition of eggs. So she's going to start with five large eggs. Lori, if you have a child in China, what (laughs) role do eggs play? Eggs are the birth announcement slash... Gender reveal. It's the original gender reveal. (laughs) But at least no explosives involved. Yeah. No cities burned down. Nobody dies because of these Mm -hmm. gender reveals. So they definitely are doing it right. Can you tell us more? Yeah. And I was trying to figure out like the logistics of this. Um, So when people, uh, I don't know if this is still something that happens, but Joyce is talking about it in real time that, when a baby is born to a family, as a birth announcement, they send out eggs, uh, these red-dyed, hard-boiled eggs. Yeah. And if it's an even number of eggs, then it's a girl. Yep. And if it's an odd number of eggs, then it's a boy. Yeah. Um, 
And the more eggs that you send to each person, the more obviously the, the wealthier you're signifying that your family is that is has is a certain level of wealth. Right. So if it's, you know, five eggs, seven, nine, whatever. Um, I, I do wonder, and maybe this is coming from a place of American sort of refrigeration um, being, you know, being spoiled by refrigeration, right. but like just sending out eggs, like they're hard boiled. Yeah, I don't know. It's like they're dyed are red. you hand are you hand delivering them? Are you hiring a courier to send them out? How would are they you going do through it? the mail? How would you do it? How would I deliver hard boiled eggs as a birth announcement? Dyed red. Dyed red. Which right? I like. Yeah. Oh, uh, can you imagine getting would... a whole bunch of red eggs in the mail? <laughs> that would be amazing. It's... Yeah. I, I Remember don't... the potato that was sent to Tony? Oh my God! Can you imagine if it were like, "Hey, hey, birth announcement"? We sent them through the postal service. Yeah, we sent them in July. Now it's (laughs) September. Um, Good luck to you. (laughs) I would have to think that when in in the context that Joyce Chen is talking about, they they there was a person whose job it was to deliver eggs. She makes a point Uh, that that transportation is not good between the regions in China, which is why that they have very secluded, you know, very specific four four different. Uh, types of cuisine within China. Mm-hmm. So I got to believe mm-hmm. you're you're not sending eggs cross country. Yeah. There's I no mean, FedEx. If you are, yeah. Um, How so many eggs, talk- stop. How many eggs okay. would you send? How many eggs would you send uh, at this point? Like what's a, and to how many people? Uh, can you imagine? I'd be like, this is fucking bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> I would send one egg yeah. to three families, <laughs> all within a five-minute walking radius of my apartment. Yeah, yeah I'd send right. zero eggs to zero people, honestly, because I know, like it's I could not—so much—could not do anything after I had a baby, let alone send out fucking birth announcements. Yeah, I don't think we did birth announcements. We probably did no. like birth announcement emails. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, like a photo, a and post. there you go. Yeah, a Facebook post. Yeah. That's right. That's yeah. right. I was not functioning on a high level. My sister came to so visit, much. like my when my kid was like six weeks old, and she was like, "You have to wash your hair," <laughs> and I was like, "I don't have time." She was like, "You've been holding the baby, and the baby smells like your hair, and it's not good." And I was like, oh. She's like, "Let me hold the baby. Go wash your hair right now." She was right. The baby smells dark. like your hair. Yeah. Hey, it was dark. It was survival mode. Yeah. That's all it yeah. is. That's all yeah. it is. All right. So listen, she's going to make the eggs. If if I can ask one thing of you and only one thing, it is do not stir or whisk or mm. beat the fucking yeah. eggs. Joyce Leave is pretty alone. adamant about this. She will remind mm-hmm. you several times. Don't. Mm-hmm. Stir the eggs. Don't whisk them. We want them whole. Now, she won't tell us mm-hmm. why until later. Mm-hmm. But she just mm-hmm. keeps telling us, don't you fucking do this. And you feel it. You feel mm-hmm. it. That mm-hmm. I will leave those eggs whole. And then what she ends up telling you is that when you're frying them with all the stuff in the eggs, because you're going to put some things in the eggs, like bean sprouts or lettuce. Wild. Mm-hmm. Love. I mm-hmm. love what she's doing. Um if if you stir them, there'll be too much air in them, and then and then these egg clusters will fall apart. So mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. need the thickness of the egg. Don't incorporate mm-hmm. a lot of air. Thank you, yeah. thank you. I learned something. I love it. Yes, I love it. Can we talk All about right. bean sprouts? 
Yeah. She's, I mean, she's like, don't use the canned ones, which I appreciate, you know, uh, don't do it. If, if, if you, if you can't find fresh bean, bean sprouts, that's fine. Use lettuce. Uh, the canned ones have none of the texture that we're looking for here, which is to say crunch. So it's a bold, it's a bold thing to say in the 1960s. I don't, I don't know that bean sprouts were really a thing that you could find in your grocer's produce section. So uh, she says, I'll teach you to grow them. And she okay. does. She does in a future episode. She teaches us how to grow bean sprouts. She does a whole oh, episode good. on it. Yeah. Yeah. How do you grow bean sprouts? Are those mung beans, uh, do you think? Yeah, I think you, you soak your mung beans yeah. in water yeah. and they start to sprout. Yeah. And, and there you go. Things. And then you eat them. I don't know. Fine. We should it. watch the episode. Yeah. All right. So now we are ready to add some more things to yeah. the eggs. Mm-hmm. What are you going to add to the eggs? You uh, got the bean shredded, sprouts. Yeah. Or the lettuce. We, uh, the lettuce. Yep. Yeah. Shredded celery. Mm-hmm. And she shows us how to cut it. Oh my God. The celery. Mm-hmm. Were you. I I was terrified of how she was cutting it. It was intense. Yeah. She was cutting toward herself. Toward she was her hand was terrifying. With her gigantic cleaver. That and she says, if, so you know, if you really want, it seems very dangerous. And if you want to, I, if, I will allow you to, to turn the cleaver the other way and not cut directly toward yourself through this very thick uh, yeah. celery rib. So that was good. Um, I was scared I, for know, she, me, not her. Yeah. Yeah. She knows. Uh, she made a really good point about um, cutting everything evenly uh, all, everything in, in the same size pieces, not only for visual appeal, but also because they cook evenly, yeah. which, you know, is, is to me feels like, yeah, no shit. But like, I, I think these are things that if you don't know, you don't know. Right. And then once you know, it's like, oh, that makes all the sense in the world. So it's not just about being fussy or being overly, mm-hmm. you know, decorative. It's really, there is a very practical application of, uh, cooking, everything cooking at the same rate when it's the same size. Sure. Reminds us again, not to beat the eggs. Great. Mm -hmm. Got it. Yes. Then she says it needs salt. Mm S-A-L-T. And then she says, and MSG. Mm M-S-G. I find this very soothing. It was very, very soothing. S-A-L-T. Then we've got Sherry. In China, we use rice wine. Can't find it here, as you mentioned. And then she says something interesting. We add it, I assume, for taste. But also, it takes away the unpleasant smell of the meat, the bean sprouts, and the eggs. Even the eggs. Yeah. And I was like, you do have a point. You yeah. do have a yeah. point. What's your least favorite uh, smell when things are cooking? Mine mm. is a boiled chicken. I do not like it. It will make me gag. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Uh, least favorite smell. I don't know. You know, like too much vinegar, like a, like, you know, when you add like all the vinegar Mm -hmm. and it's just kind of before it starts to cook off. Sometimes I find that a little alarming. I can't really say with, with any truth that there is a food smell that comes to mind as, as unpleasant to me. Okay. Uh, I'm sure I will think of one after we're done here. Please do. um, Let me know. Just put it on Twitter. Uh, and no explanation. Sometimes onions. Hmm. Like I love, I love to eat a caramelized onion. Sometimes I don't. That's a smell that I'm eager to to banish. Really? As much as like, okay. yeah, I don't. Okay. I can't explain it. All right, it. you don't it's have just, to. Yeah. You don't have to. Like I yeah. can't explain. Well, I can explain the boiled chicken. It smells like a rotting corpse. Yeah. <laughs> that's why. Sure, 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 sure. 
<laughs> Did you watch the um, the Conjuring, the new Conjuring movie on HBO Max? Okay, nah. it came out last night. That's dating it uh, when when we when we recorded. But do you like the Conjuring movies? Have you ever watched them? I'm assuming from the title that it's a horror <gasps> suspense thing. How dare I you! I don't. I don't care for the supernatural. Oh. I'm not interested. I just. Oh. It's not my bag. What Sorry. are you talking about? It's the I most it enjoyable thing in the world. Because God's always on your side. Like, there's no way terrible things can happen. I mean, they do. Mm-hmm. I, I loved it. I loved it. Okay, it's okay. about the Warrens. Do you know about Ed and Lorraine Warren? No. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm really not playing ball because I just don't. I don't know. I got no context. Okay. Well, listen, they really... Ghosts are dumb and witches are stupid. Wow. Okay. Let me just tell you, if you ever find a witch totem underneath your house, I will help you because you're going to need okay. it. All right? All right. And that listen, is a promise. I live in a six-story, one-block apartment yeah, building. Where I'm else? going under there oh, anytime soon. Let me tell you, the people underneath you are doing fucked up things which, with, with mm-hmm. witch totems. And mm-hmm. you, get, you live in Queens. All kinds of shit is going down there. All kinds of shit. And let me tell you, I will come and crawl through the rat-infested floor to get the witch totem from underneath your apartment. I will do that. I will do that. I will take pictures of it, and I will do that. The guy who lives downstairs died of uh, liver and lung cancer. Yeah, he died of a witch totem. That's exactly (laughs) what he died from. In the shape of a Marlboro. That's right. That's right. Witch totems come in all sizes, especially Mm -hmm. when a hex is being put on you. Is that hex ever explained within this movie? Absolutely not. Do we know why this woman is trying to kill people? No. No, we don't. Mm. Do we have Mm. any idea why the girl killed in the forest and the girl that ended up jumping off the cliff? Spoiler. How they're related to all this? Mm -mm. No. Do we understand why the little boy is being attacked? And then the, uh... The fiance? No. No. Did I enjoy it? I did. I did because Vera Farmiga is doing God's work in everything that she does. Uh, I do like her. Patrick Wilson, just fine. A beefy 70s man. We appreciate that. Did his heart attack seem to not stop him from saving his wife from the cliff? Yes. Did he have superhero strength pulling her back up? Sure. Had he had just had a heart attack? Yes. Fine. <laughs> Fine. Why I say this is because they have to break into a funeral home. Again, spoilers. And then touch the hands of a bloated body in the bottom of a funeral home so that she can open up the pathway to speak to the witch who's put the hex, obviously. Um, and... I, the hands were very, very squishy. And I did think at the time, I know how that body smells. And it smells like boiled chicken. What a beautiful bow you just put on that. So then Joyce um, says you can use any pan that you want to fry these. And that you got to put some oil in there. But she's going to use an electric frying pan. And boy, oh boy, did I know exactly how that metal of that cheap electric frying Mm. pan felt. Just the thinness Mm. of that metal. (laughs) 
Um, it's it brittle, even though solid. Yeah. You just know it could collapse at any moment. It's a tiny yep. little electric frying pan, and she likes that. Mm-hmm. You know exactly how. Listen, it's regulated, so she, you, yeah. you know exactly how hot it's going to be. Uh, when you put the egg mixture in, if you're going to do it on the stove, please do it on medium high. That's all she's yeah. asking. Yeah. She does put quite a bit of oil in there uh, or it's in there already. She's going to test to see if it's ready by taking a little piece of bread, putting it in there. If bubbles come up around the bread and it starts to cook like that, you're good to go. She does a big scoop. She's mixing it with a big spoon. I was shocked. I didn't know how mm-hmm. this was all going to come together. It mm-hmm. is intentional. The way that she's mm-hmm. mixing it. She wants this mm-hmm. mixed. She's going to, it's, it's it's kind of a fold, shove, fold and shove, yeah. fold and shove, fold and shove. It's like, wow, this yeah. is a serious thing. Oh, she put a little bit of crab in there too. All right. Yep. Uh, and she wants all the meat shredded. Just make sure that it's the same side as the, the bean sprouts. That's all you're going mm-hmm. for. And then she does these scoops, big old scoops with that big old spoon that she's doing the fold and shove with. And she puts it into the oil. And I, I could kind of smell it in my mind. Mm-hmm. I was very mm-hmm. excited about it. I was very excited. Yeah. Uh, how did you feel about the egg pancakes that we were going to have? I felt good. I I also had a uh, a real nostalgia slash visceral reaction to that electric frying pan because yeah. that was a cornerstone of my family's uh, food Same. growing up. Absolutely. Uh, everything got cooked in that fucking thing pancakes on saturday morning yes meatballs um french fries yeah uh, this the electric frying uh battered fish uh i i just it was so and yeah the plastic legs and the dial and the like thing that you shove into it to plug it in. very very yeah big Um, prongs sticking into it making it hot the lid that had the um vent you know just it just and i think my parents still have it my parents god bless them they do not throw anything why would they um and it's like the air fryer of the time everybody Mm. had them everybody Mm -hmm. had them i don't know why yeah well it was for me it was a great thing to learn to cook pancakes on because of that very controlled even heat um, and there was definitely a learning curve when it, and it also was had a nonstick. I don't know if Joyce's did, but my parents had a nonstick. Same. I mean, in theory, it was nonstick. I think it got pretty beat up over the years, but um, yeah, it was much easier to cook a pancake in that than to transition to the stovetop uh, and immediately burn your butter, which I definitely did. Kind so of the sometimes. nonstick that you knew flaked off, and you've ingested a lot of it. Oh yeah, I'm sure when I uh, develop multiple cancers, mm-hmm. I'll be like, "Well, you know what? It was worth it all that bisquick." It was, it was so good. Absolutely. She gives us a little lesson in different schools of cooking. Not a lot. Uh, she explains the poor transportation, so products aren't going to be easy to get from one place to another. So you eat what is local, and then she tells us she's going to teach us in future episodes how to make some of the special dishes from each of those regions. I look forward mm-hmm. to that. She mm-hmm. says, "If you want to," she starts flipping them with a spoon and a spatula it's always used to it's always good to use two she says and then Mm -hmm. if you want to make these for a party you absolutely can you can make them ahead keep them in the oven at 350 feels a little warm to me but fine or you could buy these from a restaurant yeah i just my eyes just went wow Mm -hmm. you could a restaurant 
Perhaps the Joyce Chan restaurant Perhaps the Joyce in Cambridge, Chan. Massachusetts. Perhaps. Perhaps you could just come on down to my restaurant and yeah. I'll take care of you. And then put them on a rack or wrinkled foil. She shows you how to wrinkle the foil up so that things don't get soggy uh, sitting mm-hmm. in the oven. Great. I loved it. Brilliant technique. Yep. Once these things are done, did you notice... She takes them out with her utensils and then she just leaves her utensils in the hot oil. No. And I and I don't see her turning off the electric <laughs> frying pan. And I'm like, that is makes me very nervous. I, hope, uh, I, I have hope. to assume that it was fine. She didn't want to get, you know, grease on the countertop or whatever, but I just thought I would not personally leave my utensils in the hot electric frying pan. But you know what? It's Joyce Chen. She can do whatever the fuck she wants. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Uh, she um, did. She did. She like really did whatever the fuck she wanted in a great way. She puts the Mm -hmm. sauce in a bowl. She makes Mm -hmm. a big point. Like some people want a little sauce or a lot of sauce. Maybe you want to put it on rice. You could put it on mashed potatoes. She gives you lots of options. She knows who you are watching the show. Mm -hmm. And she's saying, Mm -hmm. it's okay. I know your potatoes. And she takes it into the dining room before she, now she pauses and she gives us a little lecture about how everything should be placed. This felt like a time killer. Totally fine, mm-hmm. but like, mm-hmm. then she made a little like digging comment about don't you know get the right size pan for these for the eggs. Mm-hmm. Right size plate. Plate, right? yeah, yeah. You don't want anything mm-hmm. too big. Make them look yeah. too small. Yeah. Okay. That's, I appreciate that. I appreciate it. Just felt uh, I a little sizes, but I get it. Um, <laughs> she takes us to the dining room. It's a long stroll. It is a yeah. long stroll to the dining room. Yeah. Yeah. She's She's got some time to kill. We hear the clomp clomp just like we did in uh, the new Conjuring movie uh, when the witch would walk through with her I'm high heels. Click clop. I'm going to put a hex clop. on you. It's fine. Let me just Your tell you. There ever is a witch hex underneath you little witch totem i will come and get it and i will crawl through the rats for you and that is my promise to you uh she says that egg in china uh means good luck it's so round and smooth and i hope everything Mm -hmm. goes smoothly for you choice that was nice she says, I hope someday you will come here to eat with us. I know. And at first I thought here? she meant on set. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> you don't want that. Trust me, Joyce. You do not want that. Uh, but now learning that she had a restaurant, I think that's a, she's subtly being like, yeah, come here. That's what she means. Yeah, let me yeah. make this for you. Yeah. But but you can do this at home. And I, I yeah. did like that. She was never saying I can be better. I am better than you or I'll make yeah. it better in a restaurant. Just, yeah. you know, you now you know how to make it. And yeah. and then come here and we'll make it for mm-hmm. you too. We'll take care of you. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Then we get another language lesson on, is it Saitian? See you soon. Apologies if I said that incorrectly. Yeah, uh, I didn't take a note on that. See you soon. But and sure. what comes back to close us out? It says, Joyce Chen cooked. And I thought, I thought, hmm. And then it said, Egg Fu Young. And then we get... The wind chimes. The wind chimes. The endless wind chimes. And let's insert some of them here. Wow. Too many wind chimes. Yeah. I think they were doing their best. Yeah. Yeah. I think they did their best and then they stopped doing their best and didn't think about maybe, maybe too many wind chimes. Yeah. 
Yeah. I told my son today that he was doing his best and he was like, no, I wasn't. (laughs) (laughs) No, I didn't. Um, How do we, I think we're just going to watch one episode because we really only get one long season out of it. mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. And we're in about the third year, I believe, of the Julia Child show. So they do Mm -hmm. one, one season of this. And the reason why it wasn't extended is that they got no corporate sponsorship. Oh. Now, I I think we can definitely say racism. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Sure. I think we can also say, at least from episode one, pace is an issue, right? Maybe, you know. No. Okay. Sure, but like, you don't withhold, you know, if you think, yeah, I don't know. No, let's just stop I, it there. I don't think They pace... never got a corporate sponsor, period. They right. didn't get a corporate right. sponsor. They didn't get right. a corporate sponsor. Uh, she does come back in the 1970s uh, with a special where I believe she goes to China. That was well received. Huh. She's focused in on creating a business empire. Yeah. And when you think about. She's like the Bethany Frankel. Just kidding. She's the <laughs> Bethany Frankel of PBS. Absolutely. Oh, my God. Absolutely. Oh, perfect comparison. Perfect Her comparison. Her new show is like. I haven't watched it. Shutting your hand in a car door. Okay. So we're just going to watch this one episode. Mm-hmm. I think. She's great. I think she's great. Yeah. I think she's... (laughs) Is this a show that I want to watch a lot of? No. Yeah. Did I learn? I sure did. Mm -hmm. Was it entertaining? No. (laughs) Thank you for saying so. It wasn't. It wasn't entertaining. Um, It wasn't fun. Um, It was... She's very good at what she does. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of weight on her shoulders. She is an expert. I am very, very happy she focused. First of all, groundbreaking series. Mm -hmm. It's a big Mm -hmm. deal. Mm -hmm. I am very glad she focused in on her business empire. It is is long lasting. Mm -hmm. Um, And she has done a lot within. She did a lot within the United States to change the way we think um, about Chinese food and our own bigotry toward Chinese Mm. food. I think that's Mm -hmm. really, really important. Mm. This is not a show that I, yeah, it felt like an education as opposed to entertainment. Yeah. And it didn't quite blend the two. Mm -hmm. Is that okay to say? I think so. Um, Yeah, it was uh... I, I guess I, I agree with what you, I, I didn't have, you know, an analysis prepared like you, but I, I, I did learn a lot. It was, you know, it was, I mean, yeah, it was, it was quietly not terribly compelling. Um, but I do want to try that food. I do too. I, do, I want to try your recipes. I would absolutely try your recipes. Um, and, uh, yeah. And then, you know, not everybody is made for television. I mean, I would argue that, most people are not oh, made God, for television, no. No, you know, no, no. and you try it and some people endure and some people it's, that's not their, that's not their gift. So, um, it just doesn't take away from her, uh, oh, yeah. A, it doesn't take away anything. Educator. Nope. Nope. Et cetera. Oh man. We've been doing this for close to two hours. Have we? Oh, yeah. what a treasure talking to you. Yes. Um, so what should we watch next? Oh, and wow. I'm asking and you, but I'm also asking our listeners. Yeah, let's like, ask our listeners. Let's open it up to the vast listenership and 
if there's some food show that you would like to hear us recap, yep. uh, tell us and we will we will do it. We will. And, well, you know, if we want, if we, if want, we want to, to. there's some people that <laughs> we aren't going to do. And I think we've talked about it, but I'll just say it like mm-hmm. I'm not going to watch a Gordon Ramsay show. I'm not. Sure. I don't want no. I don't want mm-hmm. to. I know how I'm going to mm-hmm. feel about it. I already feel mm-hmm. angry just thinking about it. So I'm not yeah, going to do no that. Reason. There are other right. people that I'm not going to do, even if you ask me to. And I'm, I'll never tell you why. Because I don't want to start shit, you know, but they're, life is too short to watch garbage people. Yeah. All right. So tell us, so tell us on, on, I don't know, TikTok. Tell us. Tell us on TikTok. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Tell us in the, I'll I'll post a, uh, a dedicated, uh, I'll make a dedicated Instagram post. uh, And, and, you know, tell us in the comments who you would like us to watch, uh, tweet at us. Yeah, so tell yeah. us and we will do it if we feel like it. If we and then feel maybe at like some it. point we'll have guests again, which maybe. some people really want us to have guests. Some people are like, please never have a guest again. Yeah, a lot you of people what? are we like, you, if they're going to come and talk about the show, it's fine, but we're not, we probably won't interview guests. Yeah. They, you, um, we just want to have fun now. So, Lori, do you have a recommendation? I do. Do yep. I did just recommend damn good Chinese yes, food? It's which coming out in the I fall. Love so much. Um, Tell us the you know, author um, again and chef. Chris Chung. Thank you. Uh, born in New York City, works here, lived here, lives here always. Just mm. uh, East Wind Snack Shop is his place. Um, I think that's my recommendation. Okay, so pre-order. Oh, that. you know what? Actually, okay. yeah, and also. The Wreckage of My Presence by Casey Wilson. How is it? Is it great? memoir in essay form. It's so funny. Yeah. I love it so much. She's so fucking funny and also really honest and very vulnerable. And uh, there was some stuff. You know, I, I'm a big fan of Bitch Sesh, yeah. her uh, podcast. And there was... With so there's a lot Schneider, of what I so love good. about her. Yeah. Yep. There's a lot of what I love about Casey in the book. But then there's also a lot of, like, surprising stuff that was very moving. And uh, and it's just great. I listened to it on audiobook. And, uh, yeah, I recommend it highly. I mean, she doesn't need my help. She's on the New York Times bestseller list. But um, it's great. Yeah. Num- number it. it's fun. Number easy, 15. Easy. Number 15, right. as she said on the latest. Yeah. Um, I've got a couple of recommendations. One is uh, World Travel, uh, New York Times bestseller by Anthony Bourdain and Lori Wolliver. Uh, mm-hmm. Please, please buy that. Uh, that's uh, I. It's good. I've read it. I and I don't read a lot, but I did read this one. It was a very good book. So I do recommend Great. that. I also recommend um, the PBS show Philly DA uh, letters oh. DA as in District Attorney. It mm-hmm. is so good, and um, it's now finished up. I haven't seen the last few episodes. Because we're we're just starting it, um, yeah. We're just starting it. We watch one one or two every week, one or two episodes. It it follows a progressive uh, defense attorney who runs for and wins um, the district attorney for Philadelphia. Uh, mm-hmm. Someone who is fighting, you know, over sentencing, <laughs> over um, incarceration just some real when you it it dives into how fucked up the judicial system is which like you know but you don't know until you really Mm -hmm. unless you have lived it or have a Mm -hmm. family member who's living it but from the outside it's like the stories we tell ourselves 
about punishing people, incarcerating people, holding people accountable for, um, what is it when you get out early? You know what I'm talking about? Parole? Like when you get out early and you just have to keep checking in and checking in and checking in. Oh, per- parole. Parole, parole right? yeah. Um, like decade-long parole sentences and Ooh. how destructive it is. And you're like, well, it's fine. Like you like you just have to check in every week. And then you start to see the impact on a person of having to check mm-hmm. in every week and how mm-hmm. intense it is. And that you start over. If you fuck up a week, then you start back over. And it's yeah. so... It's so well done, this documentary. It's 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 incredibly good. So you can find that on uh, pbs.com and also on on the app. Strong, strong recommendation. And then uh, there's another book that is coming out in the fall that I wanted to recommend. Uh, it is also by Lori Wolliver. And <laughs> I, it's um, a series of, um, what are they like? Oh... I guess first person gonna, accounts gonna like what is right, it? I'm going to stop you right there. It's not a series of interviews. It is an oral <laughs> oh, biography. Oh, there it is. Oral, oral biography. And what that Thank means you. is I did a series of interviews, oh, 91 okay. to be okay. exact, and they are uh, cut and pasted back together into uh, a narrative yeah. that is the biography of a person's life. So just so you don't think you're picking up, you know, working by Studs Terkel. It's not that. Okay, fair it's, enough. Uh, and I did. I did think that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You were wrong. <laughs> I was wrong. Not the first, not the last. Lori, I appreciate you. Thank you for watching Joyce Chen Same. with me. Same. I feel better. Thanks for pushing I f- me. I feel, I feel really good that I got to watch Joyce Chen. I, she's, mm-hmm. And learn about her, I think, is mm-hmm. even better. So mm-hmm. even if you don't go to watch Joyce Chen, which you can find it on the WGBH website if you search, uh, even if you don't go and watch that, just read something about Joyce Chen because it, mm-hmm. it is a very impressive life. She, inco- she accomplished so much. Word. That's it. That's it. All right. All see right. you next time. Bye. Okay. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.